0: Okay, syncing in. Three, two, one.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Sounded pretty good.
0: I think so. Hey, Chad.
1: Hi, Cameron.
0: What is this we're doing?
1: We're talking. Is what we're doing. We're talking. I think we solved all the problems. Now, goodbye.
0: You say the name of the show.
1: Oh, it is opinions are cheap with you and me, ah, uh-huh. how uh, was your week? My week's been kind of slow moving kind That's of uh, uneventful in a weird way, which isn't. I'm getting a new office, I have a desk now, I haven't moved over yet. I need a chair and a couple other things, and change is scary and hard, but eventually I'm going to get like my own office, which is pretty cool at work um. I'm drinking a beer and my cat is outside still playing with the cap I threw across the kitchen floor. He's dumb. That sounds about right. Uh, I was playing with him a lot today. He's he's just being a little, little fucking pistol of a creature is what he is. But that's uh, that about sums things up for me. Oh! I did a thing on Monday that oh. was dumb. Because when I got home, I went for a jog. That's good. I ran a couple... I ran for like 20-25 minutes. I don't know how far it was. I went to a place and I went back. And um, what I learned is that running sucks. Aww. And uh, I'm like legitimately still kind of sore in in my legs. Like This is the first time I've probably ran all year. And it's just like, oh yeah, this... You can't just jump into this. body doesn't like exercise, Cameron. <laughs> it's no fun. That's good. Now I'm too loud. I'm clipping a bit. Oh, well. so yeah, trying to trying to do the healthy stuff as I drink a beer.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> that's how those go though. You kind of um, whenever you do something right, it's like, well, I earned this two steps backwards. It's my two steps backwards. Pretty I much. was good today.
1: Like, I ate a yogurt today, and I was like, that was healthy for me. But it was also a little liquidy. I had to mix it real good to get it back to the normal yogurt consistency. And it's like, well, it's not past its expiration date, but it does taste a little weird. So I hope I don't get sick. Yay. Because you know what's fun is uh, waking up at 3 in the morning because you got to shit your pants because you, you had bad dairy.
0: Yay.
1: And it's not fun. I've been there. It's horrible.
0: Yay! I got
1: a spare set of sheets now. Aw, for those occasions or when the cat decides to pee on my bed, I haven't forgot that. How about you? How are you doing this week?
0: I don't know. <laughs> um. So I finished that chapter I was working on. Oh yeah. And I, you know how I like to draw like a better picture for the next chapter, mm-hmm. or like for like the cover art, as it were. Yeah. I forget that I have to do that every time. And it's like, oh, no, I, I keep trying to raise the bar, so that means I have to put work into it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: You, you, um, you so, seem pretty good. Yeah, so I, the next one, the cover I want to do, I want to make it look like a, a video game magazine. Oh, sure. And I thought, like, the the story opens, and they're waiting in line for the new, like, Final Fantasy game. It's like a, it's not literally Final Fantasy. I'm going to call it something else. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I'm thinking, oh, it'd be funny if I did like a parody of the, the Final Fantasy seven cover art and did like a magazine cover for the announcement that they're going to bring back, um, Omega Odyssey seven HD edition with like little side stories or whatever. Right. And so I've been doing a study and I've been like trying to like take the art part serious. And, um, I've been studying some other people's work, too. There's this one guy on Twitter I've been following. His uh, his use of color... He, he, it's so energetic. I don't know. Um, his name's George.
1: I think that's, like... What separates people who care from people who are just like, I'm having fun. Is You're actually like... I'm looking at examples trying to figure out why those work so I can do them
0: here okay his name is George Alex Apolos and I, I sent you this uh, indieGoGo thing for a comic he's working on called Mary Sue <laughs> and his his little sample pieces I just love his art style so much
1: yeah they're they're pretty uh, pretty captivating
0: but they're also cartoony which yeah. is what I'm good at like they don't they don't lean into realism and they're not anime.
1: There's yeah. a, there's a little bit of anime influence though I think in like, oh, maybe how it's colored. Like it is just the right amount, but I really like the line work and the you can almost see like the brush strokes with whatever he was doing digitally.
0: Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't do that thing where I know this is digital, but I made it look like paint. Or it, it's watercolors. It's more like these are clearly digital tools and this is a digital medium and he's right. leaning into it.
1: No, it looks it looks pretty good. Like if you could mimic this, that would look pretty nice.
0: Yeah, so that's what I'm kinda doing a study on right now. So it's been an interesting art week for me to like I've I've gotten I don't want to say in a rut, it's just I haven't been doing anything. Sure. So jumping back into art and also trying to challenge myself at the same time is really a really good feeling.
1: Yeah, for sure. I feel like that's something I haven't done in a while is like basically picked up a book. Because I, I always write better if I'm reading, and, and right now it's, it's still just been like a stream of comic books and a bit of non-fiction. And I really need to just grab a Stephen King book or something and and go crazy. But Maybe after I'm done with this short story collection, which I'm trying to get a, a major draft on this month so I can kick it to a couple people and just be like, Hey, does this flow right? You don't even have to really read all the stories it just kind of jump around a little bit. How does it How does it look? Um, because I'm gonna give it away for basically free since most of these stories are posted on my blog. Well, yeah, you, you still want it to like be good if you're putting your name on there and whatnot.
0: Yeah, it
1: was a cute picture you sent me.
0: Yeah, I really love that. Um, and honestly, I would love to like design a book cover that looks like this. Uh, aesthetically.
1: Oh man, at some point next year, I'm gonna put uh put Toyland out. I would take that aesthetic, but it would have to have like a chess piece on it with a gun.
0: Oh, you know what? I I don't know. I I like how you wrote things in the book, but the way that it sorta of is described, there's this constantly blurred line between how like heavy and real and gritty things are, and then how silly it is that they're plastic pieces. Yeah. I don't know how to do that justice in art. Like visually.
1: Honestly? I was thinking of poorly photoshopping an actual pawn and then putting a lighter next to him like it's floating and then putting like an explosion in the background and then doing some kind of like 80s text like like an 80s action movie. But it also doesn't totally capture the tone because it's not it's so the book's so nihilistic that it doesn't really have that 80s tone even though the action is really stupid and bombastic. But then it's like yeah, they're toys though. The one's getting hurt, they're just
0: they're stupid. <laughs> What if there was, a bur- like, a burning building, and standing in front of the burning building is the chess piece, um, but the shadow it's casting is, like, a maniacal, crazy person laughing?
1: Oh, that might be cool. I like that a lot. because that, that would, too tryhard? Uh... No, 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 because that, that foreshadows, <laughs> like, the, the villain, the Cabbage Patch character that actually knows everything's bullshit and is trying to use the magic to leave so he can go see Star Wars, the third movie.
0: You spoiled the book for everyone. No one cares. Someone listens to the show. That's true. <laughs> um Yeah, we could play with that.
1: I don't know. I-, I definitely will need a cover for that at some point, but it yeah. Uh... Mid next year, I think.
0: Okay. I'll I'll try to I'll try to last that long.
1: Yeah, I believe in you.
0: Um This just reminded me of something, though. What were we just talking about? Oh, books. Uh, There was a book thing recently. Um, Remind me, have you read Dune? I have not. So I'm thinking of maybe getting, like, the audiobook. And I've been very frustrated with my podcast selection lately, and I've been, like, trimming stuff that I just don't listen to anymore. Sure. And I'm thinking, oh, well, maybe... Like, I've been looking for replacement podcasts, but maybe I can put that off a bit and catch up on some of my ebooks. That's a good idea. And I thought, oh, I should probably... Like, I have a handful that I want to listen to, and I also want to listen to Jurassic Park again. But it's like, people recommend things to me. Maybe I should try that one, and I can't remember what that was. So maybe I'll think of Dune instead.
1: I've been um. told to get into Dune by many people. And I guess the first book ends in a way that you don't have to read any of the others. Like there's a an ending. I also know that it the writing style is very hit or miss for people. But that's I'm, about all I know. Other yeah, than that, sure. Yardowski's uh Dune where he tried to make the movie.
0: Yeah, I'm not even um I'm not really certain even of the uh the, the audiobook version of Dune. I'm sure there's like more than one. Mm-hmm. i have to see what what it's like because that's the thing I've noticed with Audible is that they have all these books but you listen to the, the preview and it's really hard to listen to and all the reviews are one star who hired this person to read they pronounce this word wrong that they, they're so quiet sometimes and it's like man how do you come on now
1: that's weird that
0: yeah there's I've, a lot I've... of talented speakers out there that professionally talking on microphones
1: yeah yeah well and just like you would think if you're if it's on Audible that they would have put in the production to make a good audiobook. But I guess I maybe they don't always do that. I, I usually when I was going through Audible I was getting a lot of high end stuff, you know, I was just getting like random Stephen King books, which of course they would hire a really good voice actor for. Or Game of Thrones or whatever. Oh well. I miss audiobooks though. But I just don't I don't totally have the time for him i I have been listening to the political Orphanage, though, which is a podcast you recommended a couple weeks ago now oh yeah that that's I've tried to make that like my working out podcast like oh, I went for a bike ride, so I listened to like twenty minutes of that and I went for a jog I listened to it for 20 minutes of it you know uh and it, it's it's been pretty good i I really uh like how that guy tackles topics
0: well, I also like that he he talks about politics, mm-hmm. not the news cycle but like actual politics. So, you'll find that older episodes aren't so, like, dated or time-gated. Some of the topics may come up because of something that happened at the time, but they are political principles that stay. So, you can go through his backlog and find interesting things as well. Um, That's got to be, maybe, like, my favorite show right now.
1: I just appreciate that he will, like, talk policy instead of basically red versus blue. And it's like this is what this per you know. Let's dig into the policy and the ramifications of that and what it means instead of like, is weird. He said, she said, bullshit. Uh oh, There it goes. I hope, uh, hope that audio still stinks syncs up. It kind of stuttered there for a sec.
0: That's fine. We'll figure it out.
1: Yeah, this this is a good artist. You you, I, I'm I really like this. It's, it's got a lot of character to it. And I would love to see a comic book. I guess he is doing a comic book. Good on this guy. He did it, everybody. He did it. This, this audio show that we're talking about, comic pages, that you can't see. We're so good at this. Yay.
0: Sorry, I was pouring some bubbly.
1: Yeah, I heard that. What, what, was it actual bubbly, or is it yeah.
0: uh,
1: Oh, I've never had one of those.
0: They're fine. Um, It's just sparkling water with a hint of flavor. Um, I am going to splash like a taste of vodka in to see how that mixes. Oh, nice! I'm trying not to hit it super hard, though.
1: Sure, I've been fairly successful so far with my nine drinks or less since I started doing that. Oh, good! And uh, it—it's one of those things where if you pace yourself right, you can still have a drink a day. Like, you don't have to completely give it up. You just don't get drunk every day, which is unhealthy anyway. So I'm glad I stopped doing that.
0: I, so I got a little—I got a little like sample bottle of absinthe to like to spike a couple things once in a while. Oh yeah? Yeah, I was playing um, Deep Rock Galactic with, the, with Joe last night and I looked at my bottle and it's half empty and it's like, am I going to die? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I hope not. So I've been, um, ah. been you know, the other vocal coach thing we talked about last week. I've been practicing the stuff he's been telling me to practice and I sent him a little video this week. I'm like, hey, am I getting there? Am I doing things right? And he's like, you're getting better, but you're still not quite there. And it's like, shit, it really felt like it was. He's like, play with the back of your tongue more. And it's like, that's really hard to do. You're asking me to do a lot of coordination with my mouth that I'm not used to, but I have, I have 17 days till the next lesson. And I want to get this done enough so we can move on to step two. We don't have to spend time covering step one because step one cost me $75. And I don't want to do that again. Um, it's interesting. Apparently, step two is going to be tricky. He said, but "I'm kind of <laughs> nervous now." And it's like I wasn't nervous, and now I'm nervous. It's like apparently, stuff was kind of tricky. Hey,
0: did you see? Did you, not to go back to George again, but did you see that crappy Wonder Woman um, picture that uh, Rooster Teeth did?
1: Wonder Woman picture? That no, I did not.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I, 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 can you talk about your vocal coach thing?
1: I mean, we don't have to. We can just bounce around. Because um, I mean, what, what I was going to ask you is like, do you ever consider your tongue to have like a back and a front? Do you, do, you, do you even think about your tongue in any way other than it's a thing in your mouth and it sucks when you bite it?
0: So I've had a history of uh, dental issues. Oh. So I'm constantly thinking about things in my mouth. Um, I I tend to be in some amount of like ache, if not pain. Um, I have permanent upper and lower braces. I'm missing eight teeth now. Holy shit. And I've lost some sensitivity on my chin. So I scratch my beard because it tingles my skin, like, at all times. Because I can't, I can't feel, my chin nerves, half of them are dead.
1: What, what happened to you?
0: I was born.
1: Oh.
0: Um, so I think about my tongue a lot. Because it's typically in the way of my teeth not lining up right. Oh. Oh. Uh, I feel like I have an overactive saliva gland. Like, I tend to salivate a little more than average, apparently. Hmm. And I have kind of a wide tongue, so I tend to bite it a lot. Okay. Um, to address your first question on topic about a front and a back, I don't know that I I really think about it so much, but I can... If I think about my muscles, I feel like there's a part of my tongue that's more back-leaning that I move separately than, like, the tip that I can curl. Yeah. But I'm not sure if that's what front and back tongue means.
1: I think that's what it means, because if I move that back muscle a bit to the position he's telling me to, I think I get a better sound that he's looking for. And, like, it, it does the thing that it's supposed to do. But I'm also like, I don't know how I'm ever supposed to pronounce words doing this. And I'm sure there's a, you get used to manipulating your mouth in a way where it just becomes natural, but I'm definitely not there yet. And so it's like, I can kind of get what he wants me to do, but I have to tense a lot of muscles in my mouth, and I have to figure out which ones actually need to be tensed or not, and then it, I can, like, dial it back until it's just the couple. But it is it is really, it's it's shockingly complicated.
0: Yeah, but that's why professionals do, you know, they're professional. Mm-hmm. They do their thing.
1: It's one of those things, like, the more you get involved in something, the more you're just like, oh, yeah, this is a reason why so-and-so put this many hours into it and can do this. It's like, you know, like, I'm trying to play guitar and failing, and you watching someone play these riffs, and they're not even looking at their hands, and they're just going all up and down the neck, and their fingers stretching really crazy ways. And it's like, well, I mean, that person's probably been playing, like, five or ten years, or even a couple years. And I've been playing hours, obviously. You know, it, but it's humbling, but also... It lets you really appreciate the work other people did put in. Oh yeah, totally. I also um, before we get to that Wonder Woman picture, because I'm guessing you want to talk about that. Uh, I went and, and grabbed some uh, black. I primed my my orcs, my new Warhammer figures, oh, but I yeah. didn't do a very good job because I was being attacked by all the bugs outside, so I didn't didn't fight quite finish. So I I grabbed some black paints, paint thinner, and we're gonna just kind of you know, brushed them all up. And I remembered that using enamel paints fucking sucks because cleaning brushes with those is awful. Yeah. And I really got to just, like, use these up and get acrylics, but also, like, I'm so, like, invested in these because you don't use that much paint, and it's like, I'm going to have these for a while. I bought them, I want to use them up.
0: Do you have thinner? I do. Okay.
1: I feel like I need to get, like, a big thing of thinner, though, I only have a couple of, of little jars of it. Just so I can use some to clean the brushes and some to dilute the paint.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. You you kind of want a a jug of it just to (laughs) just to strip stuff.
1: Yeah. Also, that stuff fucking smells. It's been a while since I've played with that paint, and it's like I didn't have a window open, and it's like I still kind of smell it in here. I got some on my hands.
0: Yeah, that's that's the other thing too. Like some of these um, like so I went to a hobby store to to get a little model once. And uh, the guy asked me what I was what I was working on. I said, "Well, mostly I'm working on my gray knights." And he said, "Oh, we can get this really cool metal effect if you just um if you use an airbrush, you can just like you prime it all with the silver, but then you use this light silver and spray from the top, and it just immediately looks like metal." And so well, that's really cool. But I don't have an airbrush right now. He's like, "Well, you could you could just um you, you could you get one." And it's like, "Or you could get like
1: gunmetal gray, which looks like metal."
0: But also, I I don't have the space to work with it. Like I have Mm -hmm. to, with the airbrush, I have to have an area to do the airbrushing and I have to get separate airbrushing paints and cleaners. And it's like, I, there's a, there's a point where I'm, I'm new to the hobby. I'm getting in and I feel like I jumped in pretty deep for someone just starting. Yeah. And it's still like tiptoes to other people (laughs) where they have like, Oh, for sure. That, um, the there's a guy, there's a podcast I listen to about Warhammer and um, he has a section of the garage where he has a bunch of completed armies, like in in totes that can transport and storage and he basically has a wall where he has all of his completed armies set out, right? Mm-hmm. And his wife asked him, like, how much is this? And he was like, I, I don't know, I mean, I've been collecting these for a year, or for, for a few years now, it's you know, it's it's a lot, I guess. And she said, like, well, like, but what would the dollar value be? Like, uh, all of these on just this wall, is this $10,000? And he was like, no. We, well, <laughs> and he had to stop and think. And he was like, actually, maybe t- maybe it is $10,000. shit! Been, he's been collecting these for 25 years.
1: Oh, that's a long time, though. It,
0: well, it is. And it's also, like, you buy a, a model kit for $60 once in a while, and then it's a... Oh, they just released the new Army, so you buy the $100 starter kit. Um, and, But you also think about the paint and the and the, the expensive, like, you know, the, the $80 cases that each one is going into, and it's like, it does add up really fast.
1: Yes, it does. This... I, A week or two ago, one of my glad spaces was uh, that YouTube channel Fred's Voice, who does ASMR, and I've been watching him on and off yet, and he has one where he's painting a model ship, and I was like, oh, hell yeah. I fucking love watching people paint models, and he's gonna do his relaxing voice and tap on some cardboard with a stick. Yes, this is gonna be perfect before I go to bed. And so I'm watching it, and he's taking his sweet time to get to the painting bit, but whatever. He's doing the relaxing thing. I'm falling asleep or whatever, and he starts painting, and... It's this huge pirate ship, like, really big, like, probably a foot and a half, two feet long. And he is not primed at all. It's the Black Pearl. And it's like, okay, my immediate reaction is, why did you not prime this with uh, black spray paint or uh, i You probably don't have an air gun if you don't do this a lot. So why didn't you just get black can of black spray paint? You need to prime it. It's plastic. And then you're going to have your black down already. It's great and so he, he's using Vallejo paint he's not mixing it with water to thin it down he's using a tiny brush because he wants that asthma freaking sound of the brush strokes and he's just slowly going back and forth and I was like I was waking up and getting really angry at him because he was doing everything wrong and, it, and then I scrubbed ahead to see if like maybe he starts doing things right and it's like no it's just like 30 minutes of him painting with this brush and then like, oh, I'm going to try and uh, dry brush this bit so I don't get paint everywhere. But he doesn't dry brush it properly. He didn't get enough paint off the fucking brush. He gets paint everywhere he doesn't want. He's like, oh, I little, you know what this happens? You get a little Q-tip with some, like, ice probe alcohol and you wipe it off or whatever. And it's like, no, you, you fucking don't do it wrong in the first place, piece of shit. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, now I'm awake. Now I'm mad. Where's my cat? I'm going to play with him.
0: <laughs> it's funny, though, how, like, you recognize so many things that he's doing wrong. And you, you've, like, barely gotten into the painting. You, you did, like, one set.
1: Yeah, so I scroll down to look at the comments, and there's this weird mix of, like, oh, Thor is painting miniatures now. One person's like, oh, you know he doesn't play Warhammer because he's using Vallejo instead of Games Workshop paints. And I was someone's like, you know, Games Workshop paints kind of suck, right? Like, the pots don't close very well. And so they're arguing about something stupid. And this one guy's like, why didn't he dilute the fucking paint? And I was like, thank you. There's <laughs> one of you who agrees with me. And then he never, because this is like a month's months old video, apparently he's not either finished or he just hasn't posted like wh- what it, how it turned out, and so I'm kind of mad about that too because I was like, did you finish this project? Because it apparently took him many, many hours to build the model. It's like an 800 piece model. So I was upset for very many reasons. <laughs> and then there was one guy who's like, yeah, painting miniatures is really hard, which is why I hire someone to paint my Warhammer guys, because I know <laughs> I couldn't do it. And I was like, I'm fucking retarded and I do it.
0: <laughs> it's not I, that hard. Well, yeah, and you know, that's that's the thing. Some people have this thing about um they don't they don't want to ruin it. Mm-hmm. Which to me is I I understand the anxiety, but when the paint comes right off, you can't ruin it. If if it looks bad when you're done, you just strip it. Like right. Like cripes dude. It's not that big a deal. So, I don't know. Um
1: I'm a little nervous to hit these orcs. I think they're going to be a lot harder than the uh, Chaos Space Marines just because there's a lot more colors. They got skin and clothing. And then uh, just trying to get like a skin tone and highlights on the skin and stuff. I don't know how successful I'm going to be. Whereas with the armor, I could just kind of throw some paint down and dry brush it and then do a little more dry brushing with a different color for yeah. some you know, rust effects or whatever. Um, I,
0: was just, I just remembered Richard doesn't want to paint his. He got some Sisters of Battle. And he's like, "Will you paint these for me,
1: Richard? Come on, painting's like half the fun."
0: That's the. It's like it's why I, you get them. I will paint them for you because that's the fun part. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm really excited. I got a fucking great paint scheme cooked up for these guys, and I got a couple of like fun shades of like red and pink I want to throw on them. Like, I, if I can do it right, they're gonna look really cool. If I do it wrong, part of me is like, they're orcs. Who gives a shit? They like, they look stupid. They're they're Clothing is going to be torn up and stained, and all of their tech is going to be broken and weird. Like there is that certain level of the aesthetic to them that I can lean into if I start making mistakes.
0: Uh Richard. Richard, we should get him
1: back on the show again at some point. He was fun to talk to.
0: Oh yeah, he wants to be on. Um, yeah, next uh, next Thursday that he's free, uh, he'll he'll be getting on. Oh, cool. That just has to happen first, so... Mm-hmm. Um, Richard,
1: kill your kids so you can be on the show.
0: His, uh... Oh, it's not even his kids that are the problem, dude.
1: Kill your dog?
0: No! He got... <laughs> he got kittens.
1: Oh, yeah, he did get kittens!
0: Kill your kittens. That's the joke. Why does my, uh... That's a punchline. It is. What? Where's your what?
1: No, it's just like everyone's on my computer kind of stutters. I don't know what's thinking.
0: Probably something.
1: Needs to stop it. There should be no thinking in this room.
0: Oh yeah, I just want to show this crappy Wonder Woman picture.
1: Yeah, yeah, Wonder Woman crappy picture.
0: I really, I really don't like that cover art. <laughs> oh, it's this is the one you sent me. Yeah. Um, I feel like is this
1: a real artwork? Yeah. This looks kind of bad.
0: I, I don't, I don't think that works as cover art because it doesn't look like Wonder Woman.
1: Why is her skin like purple?
0: Well, her skin's purple, and she's got these like stylized star hair. I feel I like, like the star hair. If this was, but if this was like fan art I saw in DeviantArt, I'd go, "Oh, this stick, this stands out. This is cool." Um, but I don't, I don't care for it. I don't think it works that well.
1: I feel I don't like either
0: her hands are different sizes, which is yes, a lot. They are. That's a degree of unprofessionalism that irks me a little bit. But I see that Rooster Teeth logo, and I'm like, well, that explains it. <laughs> so this George guy, like this was trending on Twitter of horrible Wonder Woman art, and it's like, it's not that bad, but it's not great. Um, but George did his own Wonder Woman, and it's like, oh, I can recognize her. And it like I just
1: don't know why her skin is purple.
0: It just it it doesn't look like Wonder Woman. So he did the same thing where it doesn't exactly look like Wonder Woman. But it's a lot more, like, the energy is eye-catching, and it's fun to look at, and you can read that it's Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um,
1: like you said, it really, it, it feels like a really good DeviantArt picture. Like, it, it's it's very flat. I feel like the shading's kind of lazy. There's not a lot of it. Like
0: You know, to the credit, um, I think the flatness works for the 80s aesthetic. Yeah, probably. I don't like the ripped jeans. No, um, they don't.
1: They don't look good. It just doesn't.
0: There's also I like the hair. I, there's an element like of her her BMI being very odd, where the lower half of her is a much fatter person than the upper half of her.
1: She is a bit awkward shaped.
0: If her if her arms were thicker, to match what the jeans outfit looks like, it wouldn't bug me so weird. But it's this weird like bottom heavy, um, like she's she doesn't look like a healthy person. Between being blue and being oddly shaped, this looks like someone that walked into Walmart <laughs> during Comic-Con. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is,
1: it is an awkward picture.
0: I don't know. I don't know why I'm ragging on it so much. My point is, I like George's work. Yay! Did you see the little DC logo he drew?
1: Mm-hmm. That's cute. Um, When it comes to... Rooster Teeth, we've talked about them on and off a bit, but H Bomber guy put out a two-and-a-half-hour video on Ruby. I don't know if you've seen this at all. No. I watched it last weekend, and it's a really just captivating video as far as video essays go. Like, here's a show, let's talk about this show, we'll throw some comedy in there, we're gonna break it apart in a logical fashion so it, like, flows really well, um... It, it was a fun watch. I've never seen Ruby. I've seen like half of episode one and ducked out because I didn't I didn't like what, what I was watching. But they're trying to make an anime, and it was largely like, let's look at anime we really like, but not figure out why we like it. And then we'll just do what that anime did, but not know why it worked. It was kind of the thesis of, of his dissection of this show. And it's such a weird problem for something to have. We were like, we want to make this, but we don't know anything about it, so we're going to do our research, but we're not going to put the intellectual work into the research. We're just going to watch Cowboy Bebop a couple times.
0: I Yeah, I really hate Ruby. Um, And actually, it's, it's funny, we've been talking for a while, so I don't know if this is even the subject, but I wanted to talk a little bit about, like, hype train issues, mm-hmm. and Ruby is one of those things where I was really looking forward to it. Oh, Um, yeah, hell yeah. There was a period where no one knew exactly what it was. They were just saying, oh, we're going to have a new show. And it's not, like, based on Halo. It's a new standalone show with original characters, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, okay, this will be interesting. And it's animated. Oh, okay, cool. And then they put out these, like, teaser images and posters and stuff with very stylized art with very, like, high contrast kind of character designs on them. Mm-hmm. And, like, silhouettes with bright colors. And it's like, oh, this is looking really interesting. Like, what is what is this going to be about? And when they finally put out the trailer, it's like, this reminds me of stuff I see on YouTube. When, like, a bunch of 13-year-olds figured out how to use Source Filmmaker. Or, like, an anime doll animator program that comes with pre-programmed default characters.
1: Are we talking about the same trailer? yeah. The red trailer,
0: uh, for Ruby, because
1: the first trailer that came out was uh, the character Ruby was silent and she was just like slaughtering the shit out of werewolves in a graveyard.
0: No, that was like a that was like the cool teaser that made you think about oh, what is this gonna be?
1: Yeah, yeah, because that was like that was great. I don't know, I don't know if I ever saw like the actual trailer, but I saw all of the I saw the four main teasers, and the first two are really good, and then the third one has dialogue, and it's like.
0: Mm. yeah the dialogue one was when they finally like this is what the show is gonna be and it's like oh my goodness this is so juvenile like not not just in the attitude like there was like so many cliches of like I i couldn't tell if they were serious about the voice acting or if they were parodying bad dubs because it's like one of the first lines in the trailer was like my name's ruby i'm sorry that i'm late and she like ran up and like bowed to a superior and it wasn't like synced up right. Oh no,
1: I'm still talking about the teasers with um with with uh, yellow and black.
0: I don't okay, whatever. I I'm those, just... those
1: had bad dialogue too, and that was like a like okay, well the fights are still cool, but man, you can tell but, like.
0: But even then, the the fights weren't that great because there was like there were an element of a couple neat sequences, but then I would see things that bug me, like when like things would ramp, but it's really the models are slowing down. Because, like, the the scarf physics and the hair is still blowing at full speed. And it's, like, a janky video game. And I'm like, are they done? They're showing this off? And it's like, I I was at Comic-Con watching this. And it's like, I can't believe that people are clapping for this. Like, it was so upsetting to me.
1: (laughs) One of the things that the show, or the the H-Bomber guy kind of thesis is, or think, breakdown, is that... The the show is sort of divided up between two segments where Monty wanted to animate these fight scenes and he had these characters he wanted to animate fight. And so he did his thing and then he would be like, Oh, Miles and uh, the other guy, I can't remember his name. Uh you need to write a story, like, basically connecting these two fight scenes. But if I change things up, like and don't tell you, you have to make this now work too. And and there was this huge disconnect between the two writers who were not experienced writers and then Monty, who is an experienced guy as far as animation goes and visual storyteller, but didn't understand that like there had to be things that connected what he was doing together in a very cohesive manner. And it's, it's just like everyone was having lots of fun, but they weren't making something. that looks like that was very good. And it was always like, well, well, it'll get better. We'll figure out how this will work. And it never maybe did, but I, 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 Going off of this guy's video, he talked about the first three seasons. I have not seen like any of this show, so I can't speak to the quality of where it is now or even where it was then, because my opinions are super secondhand. But as someone who does write, what 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 they were asked to do would be extremely difficult.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. I never understood what the the through point was. Like I never. I didn't get the sense that this was someone's dream project and they were putting it together. Like even with, um, you know, what you compare it to is Steven universe where Rebecca sugar had an idea. And then you could tell there are periods where she had to compromise and there's periods where she had to cooperate with a larger team than maybe she's used to working with
1: most of season one,
0: but there's overall like a through point where you can see what they're trying to do. Oh, for sure. And with Ruby, I feel like it's similar problems without that backbone to support it. Like, it it seemed like there were different things that people wanted out of the show while they're working on it.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. She had her own creative vision, right? So there's always this one person you could fall back on to make a decision. Where here, it looks like like there was three, and they weren't typically on the same page.
0: (sighs) Yeah. So it's weird. I... I really, I've never seen anything from Ruby that I actually, like, liked. Because I'll see, um, like, sometimes people will show, like, oh, no, it got better. Look at this scene. And they'll send me, like, a YouTube video. And I'll I'll ask them, like, is this, like, one of those, like, fan things where they, they throw, like, crappy music over it because they think that'll make it more emotional? Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Just a soundtrack. And it's like, okay, I, I wasn't trying to personally insult you, but I will now. <laughs> you know, it's like, I can't. I, I don't understand the appeal. You know, there's things that I don't like, but I get why there's a fandom. And when I see people, like, excited about Ruby, it's like, oh, you're you're announcing you don't have taste.
1: So Bomber guy's kind of, one of his takeaways was, like, if you are someone who really likes this show and you haven't seen a lot of anime, you should go watch the anime that, like, they're referencing and basing a lot of this on because it's better and it's going to Make you a lot happier. Go watch Gurren Lagann. Go watch Cowboy Bebop.
0: Uh, watch the first season of Bleach and then don't watch any more Bleach. You know what? One of my favorite anime, and maybe like, if, if I want to look at things like you take a manga that had to be adapted into a set beginning and end anime. I think one of the ones that did the best job was Trigun.
1: Trigun, I, I never read the manga, but Trigun is a good anime. I actually own that one on DVD.
0: Yeah, I love it. And what I really love about it is that it starts with a cute, relatively silly premise with some silly characters and little gags. And it's kind of like each episode is its own little self-contained story. Mm -hmm. And once you have enough of emotional investment in all the characters, then they start telling long-form stories with the characters. Yes. And it feels earned. It's not like now things are going to get serious. It's more like... Oh, things got serious and they caught up to us. Mm-hmm. And I, I really love everything about that.
1: I feel like that Stephen Universe pulls that same.
0: You could say that story yeah. style,
1: and I usually it works really well. Like I'm kind of surprised you don't see it more, in a way. But maybe it is used a lot. And I just don't watch shows it's used in often.
0: I, and you know, we were talking about Star Trek a little bit last week. I think that's the problem with discovery. Was they they want you to care about these characters, and then they don't do anything to make you care about them, and then they put them in a dire situation. Yeah, and just tell it. you to care about them. And it's like no, you gotta you gotta earn it. Mm-hmm. Ah. What so- other
1: hype things? though? Because I don't want to like accidentally spend twenty minutes shitting on Ruby, a show I've never watched. That would just be rude. Uh. What what other examples of this did you have in mind?
0: You know what? Next week we should do like a watch along. Just we'll we'll watch the first episode of Ruby and.
1: Oh, I'll, I actually really like that idea.
0: <laughs> let's let's think about that one. But yeah, we'll we'll drop it for now. Um, I, what what made me think about this specifically was, uh, did you hear the Halo news? Um, that's right. Halo's coming out 2021. It's not going to be launched with Xbox after all.
1: Oh, interesting. I mean, I'm not like upset by that.
0: Well, that's the thing. I I don't think anyone's got reason to be upset about a delay. It's that this is a very important game, because this is, like, the one selling point to buy an Xbox. Hmm. Like, uh, I don't know what else is launching with the Xbox that anyone will give two fucks about.
1: I feel like the Xbox has had that problem for a long time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're kind of, like, they, they opened their last press conference with just Halo Infinite gameplay. And a lot of footage of it. And then they came to Phil Spencer, and he's talking about, that's right, it's coming out this year with the Xbox. The most powerful gaming system ever. It's the Any gamer is going to need it. It's the best thing ever. It's the best thing ever. I'm Phil Spencer. I'm friends with Jack Black. I paid him to say that. And then they <laughs> announced, oh, actually, we're going to delay it. It's coming out next year. So I'm sorry. Oh, no. So, I was thinking about how many people are kind of shitting on Halo Infinite. It's very... um. There's a lot of people happy about it, so let me clarify. But I'm seeing a lot of negativity. Like, it seems kind of split. And I have to wonder, does this have to do with the fact that the last couple Halos were kind of middling, except... Like, they weren't the best thing ever. Like, Halo 3 got people hyped. And Halo Reach! Halo Reach! And then, like, there hasn't really been a good Halo in a while.
1: I don't see I fundamentally disagree with that. I think Halo Four is one of the best Halos, and I know I am kind of in the minority there. Well that's the thing. But if you go back and play Halo three, there there's a lot of bad game feel on that one. The no, level uh, design yeah, yeah, and the yeah. spawn placements are so bad.
0: So I'm not I'm not like critically reviewing the games. What I mean is the general consensus.
1: Well, the general consensus probably likes Michael Bay movies, so Yeah. <laughs> fuck well that's them. the thing.
0: That's who that's what makes Microsoft successful though. Yeah. Um. So that's the that's the hype I'm talking about. Not as a fan, but as a consumer. Mm-hmm. Um. How do you how do you manage that better? Because pretty much when they announced Halo Infinite, they dropped the number. They promised Master Chief. They they got rid of that black guy. People don't like black guys. It's only Master Chief. <laughs> and they that all the colors looked very Halo One palette. And it's like, oh, yep. they're promising a return to form. Oh, they're promising this is going to be something better. Oh, they won't even talk about it. This is going to be the next console. Oh, they confirmed it. It's only going to be the next console. And so then they they show off this trailer, and it kind of reminded everyone of Halo 3. It's like, oh, okay, that's fine. And and then they delayed it. (laughs) And it's like, I wonder if they didn't have all this draw up and pretending and, like, touting it's the strongest console ever. This is going to be the best Halo ever. And then just show something that we kind of already saw before sure I I wonder if the hype train was mismanaged here
1: maybe i I guess in it's so hard right because I understand that I'm maybe not like the normal consumer where I'm not like hyped for really most things I was like oh like I saw that trailer and I was like this looks fun I will play the game when it comes out but I'm not going to like count down the days right or talk about what I saw other than like the five minutes we did that one week on this show like I'm not Usually, I can wait, I can be patient, and so it's just like, this looks cool, I want this, it's maybe made for me, that's neat. I'll see it when I see it, and if it's gonna be delayed, so be it. I'm not gonna actually buy an Xbox, whatever, anyways, my brother will. He makes more money than me. Um, So I'm just so, like, divorced from this idea of, like, we're really hyped, now we're not hyped at all, we're mad, we have to express our distaste on the internet. And it's like, oh, I have to wait another year? That's okay.
0: Yeah, I'm totally over it. Um, the <laughs> the part of what I'm really hating right now too is that new Marvel Avengers game.
1: I don't know if I know that one, but I bet if I saw a screenshot, it'd be like, "Oh, that
0: one." Oh no! Yes, yeah, so you don't even know it's coming out. That's how good their marketing has been. Um, they <laughs> they promised that there's going to be this like this really cool Avengers game. You got to see this new Avengers game. You got to see the baby. Is it great? Anything? You know, and so uh, here's a um everything they've shown off has people going like, eh. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> that's the this is the first per- that's the first picture that came up when I Googled it. So it's just funny that your response was, huh?
1: This is like off putting and I'm trying to figure out why.
0: So they went for a a sense of realism.
1: Yeah, that was a mistake.
0: But on top of that, they don't have the the rights to the likenesses of the actors in the Avengers movies.
1: The Hulk looks so weird. He looks like he's got that fate You know that that picture of um, what is it that they they? Oh, it's like usually like Donkey Kong, and it's like captioned with like "I'm going and dry." It oh, like, yeah. He looks like that.
0: Um, the Hulk. Penny Arcade put out a comic where they pretty much just refer to these as like Kroger Avengers yeah it's it's like you is he's blue and has a star on him you know he's captain america don't look too close um they want people to care but they they released this trailer like after the endgame movie came out and everyone's burnt out on avengers and it's like basically we had all this hype of the 10 years of marvel movies and then we released it, and we're decompressing, and it said, you guys got excited about the Avengers game, and no one's excited. Yeah. And then they showed this, uh, they had a whole, like, dedicated hour special about it. There was a Avengers live stream. we're going to show gameplay footage, we're going to show you all the characters and all the subsystems. And the, the more they showed it off, people realized, oh, this is Anthem. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not kidding, you go on, like, multiplayer missions, and there's loot drops. Oh, dear. It's literally Anthem's gameplay loop.
1: Oh dear. Just
0: instead of like a cool suit, you get to be cool Iron Man or cool Thor, but everything about it looks like Anthem. And it's like, oh, and they, they keep using the phrase live service. Yeah, yeah it's that's a like,
1: phrase we all really like to hear now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> People love to hear the phrase live service. And so everyone keeps like shitting on the game, just like, oh man, that why are they even making this? Who is this for? This is so stupid. Um so did you hear the controversy last week about Spider-Man? No. Spider-Man is an exclusive character to the PS4 version of the game.
1: Oh, that that's how you make lots of friends, Marvel. You make exclusive characters and you use the guy that like people really really
0: like. But but back up. Who cares? No one likes this game. It's oh, yeah, Anthem. Who is this game for? <laughs> Unanimously, everyone's upset at the the horrendous tragedy. That the exclusive character is going on the system that literally has more systems and houses. Mm-hmm. There are there are like twice as many PS4s out there than Xboxes. Like no one fucking cares about the Xbox. No right. one fucking cares about this Avengers game. But then they announced if you're playing on Xbox, you don't get to be Spider-Man. And it's like, there's just a whole Reddit petition. Like, correct this! I was going to pre-order it tomorrow, I swear. If you put Spider-Man in it, I'll pre-order three copies. So does Xbox get its own special character? No, fuck them. That's funny. That's the funny bit. Um. So, <laughs> that's the thing. Um. It also kind of sounds like Spider-Man might be just, like, a reskin of, uh, of Kamala. Like, in a weird way, his moveset seems to be very tied to like, her action rhythm. Huh. So even then, it's like, that might be more of a skin that just has cool sound effects. It's like... Oh, God. It, that's the thing. It's like... it Nothing about this is interesting, but as soon as you imply that's, that one person is losing out over someone else, all of a sudden, it turns into this hate thing where it's like, I can't believe they betrayed all the fans. And it's like, you mean everyone that's been dunking on this game for the past six months? Yep. I, I do not understand the, the... Apparently there was hype for this, but everything I heard was always negative. And then as soon as they announced Spider-Man, it's like, the, the number one leading game story was like, that, is it time for console exclusives to end? I say yes, we're far past that time. It's like, <laughs> you weren't even going to play this game, dude.
1: It's kind of weird. So the things that I get excited for now are basically albums. I listen to a lot of music, right? That's all I ever fucking talk about on this show, basically. And so, to hype an album, a band releases a song, and you go, "Hell yeah, that song's great! I can't wait to hear the album." Um, and that's that's kind of all I got. Like, I like I like it when new music comes out, and I don't like waiting for new albums because I'm usually pretty excited for them. That's good. So hey, that industry is doing things right. And then you go fucking Taylor Swift, like, "Hey, I'm releasing a song tomorrow. The whole album's coming out. Surprise, surprise!" And it's like, yay. That, that came, by the way, my, my physical copy. and It's got a bonus track, and I listened to that yesterday, and it was pretty good. I'm all excited. Go music. Okay, so... Except... Oh, yeah? Okay, so, uh, two years ago, this band called Arion, it's a solo project by this guy named Arjen, but he gets, like, all of the big names in metal involved for, for singing, and he makes these big, bombastic concept albums. He's really fun, a lot of, like, epic sci-fi fantasy shit, right? Uh, he's great. Frog stuff. So he's got a new album coming out this year. And he released two songs as a teaser for it. And I was like, hmm, they're fine technically, but it really depends on where they appear in the album and how the story is in the album, because it's a concept album with a story. And it's really weird to be like, I think these songs are okay, but I have to hear them surrounded by four more songs, because if they fuck the story up, then they're bad songs. But if they advance the story in a way I like and build the characters, even though they're not really about that, they're concept- it's a weird position to be in, but I want to be more excited than I am for that up al- than that album.
0: Yeah, sometimes I feel guilty for not sharing in the fun. Um yeah. it's like you're missing out. Mm hmm Uh I but also I, I like I appreciate the arts and I think of myself as like a hobbyist that pays attention to things. So companies are not marketing towards me. Sure. Uh, we talked about Mulan, like, you have to pay $30 to rent it. Yep. Um, guess what Disney stock did that, that moment with that announcement?
1: I'm guessing it went down. No. Really?
0: Yeah, because they announced they're going to sell something.
1: Oh, yeah, it's suppose.
0: For, for Mulan and Black Widow, for only $30, you can watch these movies. So the i stock did with Mulan, but fucking not Black Widow. <laughs> no, but the stock went up $15 that day. Wow. Yeah, I made $80. Like, that announcement, if you check Twitter, it's all these people ragging on it. It's like, a movie ticket costs five cents. Why would I spend $30? And I'm thinking about the guy that... I, I think I told you about this, but the last time I went to a Disney movie, there was, like, a guy in front of me who's buying tickets for, like, his family and a couple other friends. Like, the, the it's like a kid's birthday party or something.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, he's at the box office, and he paid, like, over $60. And when the when the lady, like, asked for the $60, it's like he, his whole body, like, shook. And, and he paid. And then I saw him at the concessions. I'm standing behind him at the concessions, and they ordered stuff. And then, like, they asked for, like, okay, and that'll be $90. <laughs> and his body, like, shook harder. <laughs> like, he was literally, like, physically startled twice. Yeah. That guy is ecstatic that Mulan costs $30 total. Oh, fuck yeah. It's like... You know, most of the people paying to see movies are happy about this, and I know that these, like, you go to Twitter when you think you're smart, and you like to overanalyze things and complain and vent, and that's what Twitter is, but it's like, you go to Twitter and everyone's, like, in agreement, that's the worst thing ever, and there's all these clickbait articles about, just, it doesn't know what they're doing, and it's like, I guarantee you they're gonna make so much money.
1: I, I'm i tempted to do the Mulan thing, because that movie actually looks pretty interesting. Oh, Yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah, 30 bucks, but I watch it with my family. I have, maybe a little bourbon and Coke or something. Well, yeah, our household,
0: yeah, our household is, uh, three people. Mm -hmm. Um, that's cheaper than movie tickets here. I, I don't, um, I don't know why people were so, like, repulsed by it. Unless they don't pay for movies at all. Right. I, I don't know where this entitlement comes from. I, I can't, um. I don't know. There's a degree of it that I don't understand. I'll I'll it's rather like say It's
1: like logging into the internet or Facebook and just watching people like shit their dumb diapers over stuff and it's like no one has perspective anymore. Oh, did you know, see was... the
0: Fortnite news? Oh. No. This is interesting. Um you'll actually I think you'll you'll appreciate this one. So, you know how the Apple Store works where they take a cut? Yes. Um so Fortnite they, they changed the price of V-Bucks. They're lowering the price of V-Bucks for everyone. Okay. And basically the price they lowered it at is like the difference of what they were paying Apple. And what they did on the phone version of the game is they put in a new thing where you can circumvent the store. So you don't buy V-Bucks through the Apple store. You just pay Epic directly. So they're cutting out Apple. Okay. So Apple took Fortnite down. Um, like it, it does not work on your iPhone or your iPad right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. They, they pretty much, they took it down and they cited the reason as, um, uh, it's a safety concern that they're looking into. And it's like, "Mm." (laughs) like everyone knows what this is really about. So it's weird that you would lie about it. And, um, what's interesting is that I think Fortnite was playing 4D chess because as soon as Apple did this, and it was in the news cycle that Apple took down Fortnite off of iPhones, they released this trailer that I want you to watch without reading the title.
1: Okay. I will not read the
0: title of the trailer.
1: Today, we the of the unification... I accidentally read the title. For years, they have given us their songs, their labor, their dreams. Jesus, this is fucking intense. And then there's a girl with just a unicorn on her shirt, and she's carrying a unicorn staff. This is pretty. This is pretty wild. Wow. During this time, 2020 from becoming. Okay! I appreciate this on a handful of levels, but I also all of the bullshit going on right now and this is like apple being a dick is becoming 1984 and it's like bro have you seen all the fucking bullshit going on in our government right now but no oh the the app store is is definitely the real bad guys right now like it feels a little belittling to the the problems going on now that this isn't one because these app stores and the monopolies they've created are problematic
0: well it's talking more about the artistry
1: Oh yeah, that's fine too. Like, it, I mean, it is it is fun, right? But also,
0: um, I mean, it, there, I think there's the larger irony in Epic's monopoly.
1: Yeah, fuck yeah, um, that, that's true. Epic with the and Epic Store, store like
0: paying indie games to be exclusive to their store, and yeah, um, and like, there's a, I I I think the politics of it is interesting. I just appreciate that they they chose this ad to parody.
1: They clearly did plan all of this ahead, right? Because I doubt they put this out and it, well, I mean, they have, like, talented people. So they they could have made this pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, but it was, <laughs> it's, it's very, it's very well made. Yeah. Um, I laughed so hard that they had the, the balls to do this.
1: Also, the apple character being, like, an apple with, like, a worm coming out of his head, like, dangling around like he's poisoned or something.
0: Yeah. That's, that's a good touch. That was, um, that was pretty good. I just, I love the, I love the idea that we're at the point where that ad is a cultural touchstone that can be parodied.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I don't, I wonder, I wonder if like the 10 year old kids playing Fortnite know what that's from or not, but I don't know. I really appreciated that. Ad.
1: <laughs> it, it's pretty great. Also, probably not, but like, I didn't read nineteen eighty four until like two years ago. So I if it gets more people to read nineteen eighty four, God bless it, because that book is pretty good.
0: Are you are you comparing this to a book?
1: What what should I be comparing it to?
0: To the Apple ad.
1: Oh, I have no idea what the fuck Apple ad you're talking about. Holy
0: is. shit. Oh, we're going to have another conversation. Okay, no, this is the <laughs> whole point then. What's I, this? I
1: the whole thing was like it's it's like a like the the nineteen eighty four dystopia with the TVs and the, the, you gotta think this way, the double thinks and the this and that's and the other things, all the George Orwell shit. Oh God, Apple nineteen eighty four was. Huh. Today we celebrate the first glorious anniversary of the
0: information purification directives. Huh. Okay, I'm sorry you didn't... You didn't recognize that ad. Um... In both television ad history and computer history, this is a very iconic moment because it was so... um... draw a line in the sand kind of marketing. Yeah. They were very much going like, Windows? What are you, a corporate businessman? I have a Macintosh. And there's a delightfully juicy bit of irony in that um when <laughs> when apple was pretty much like failing as a business the only way microsoft could avoid uh, uh anti-monopoly suits was for apple to stay in business so windows went to apple and pretty much gave them money to like crutch them up So say see we're not a monopoly we have a competitor and when when Jobs had to, like, sign Bill Gates, or, you know, they had to shake hands, um, Gates insisted on doing that at the stage where they recorded that commercial. Oh, really? So for this to turn into another line in the sand from this, like, the biggest game company right now, throwing it in Apple's face again. Damn. It made me salivate. Like, this is hilarious to me.
1: Wow, I, I didn't realize there was this much like history to this. I just thought they were like parading a dystopian novel, which is why I was like, you know, mad about it, right? Like,
0: oh yeah. I again, um, if both these companies were to use a little bit of money and then help anyone, it would be better than anything <laughs> they're doing. So, I mean, you're not, I'm not disagreeing with your point. Um, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying like the way this played out. Um, can you imagine like whoever at Apple made the decision like cut off Fortnite and then this trailer plays. <laughs> like yeah. you know, you know that guy got called into a meeting somewhere like I <laughs> <laughs> This <laughs> is the world we live in. It is the world we live in and it's kind of terrifying. Uh, well, speaking of terrifying, you know, change gears and maybe share a glad space.
1: Um, sure. I've been watching... I don't think I talked about this last week. I've been watching the uh, Lindsay Ellis breakdown of the Transformers movies. She's doing all these fun uh, video essays. And uh, they're really fun. I like them a lot. Uh, It's like a 12-part series or something, but they're only like, I don't know, between like 10 and 14 minutes long. So you're not, you know, you don't have to get super invested if you don't want to. Uh, But it's cool, like, her applying different views of of film analysis and literature analysis to these big dumb blockbusters but her reasoning is like these movies have made a lot of money they were and are like a huge cultural touchstone of moviegoers like people went and saw these uh they uh, you know created a toy line off them all that other stuff right like they they weren't just like these dumb little things. This is, this is a big cinema deal and so even though they were by michael bay who is an interesting director, maybe doesn't have a lot of substance in them. They're still worth talking about. And so I-, I think they're fun essays. I also don't give a shit about the Transformers movies and don't remember like anything that's happened into them. And she has a video on that titled Why You Can't Remember Anything That Happens in the Transformers <laughs> Movies. <laughs> and she breaks down like his cinematography and like the things he's doing from your brain just kind of is just like, I don't care anymore. It's going to shut the fuck up and just watch the blow ups, Boom, boom, toys. And so it, it it's really fun from that argument, too. Like, I remember having a conversation. This was kind of when these movies were coming out. I mean, like, oh, I loved it in the second movie when they fought the giant scorpion thing. Someone's like, that happened in the first movie. And I was like, there's no way that happened in the first movie. That happened in the second movie. And so he's like, no, no, no. So we looked it up. And it happened in the first movie. And I was like, what the fuck happened in the second movie? And they're like, I don't know. But it wasn't the scorpion robot. And I was like, wow, she's right. I don't remember anything about those movies other than I kind of don't like
0: them. I still can't believe that I remember my disbelief watching that first movie. Like, it still, it wasn't exactly what I wanted out of Transformers, but I still could not believe that they put Jazz in there and he has, like, one line and then he's the only one that dies. Yeah. And I'm like, what am I watching? <laughs> it's like, it was it's like this was made by computers in the future but with a script writer from 20 years ago.
1: Bumblebee, stop lubricating the man. I hate
0: that line so much.
1: It's so bad. It's so bad.
0: Did you... Did you... Do you remember those robot chicken shorts? Where they were like short teasers for the new Transformers movie?
1: I don't know if I saw those. Those sound pretty good, though.
0: There was one where like... It was introducing two new transformers, and they were both like racial stereotypes of uh, Indian immigrants. Where they talk about how they're <laughs> going to transform into a Seven Eleven, and and then they transform into little buggy cars that play loud, obnoxious music and drive in circles. And like it's just like it was being like as offensive as possible. And say like, Transformers coming in theaters this Friday, and then there'd be like another one where. Um, Like Shia LaBeouf's character's in his bedroom, and he's like, he's masturbating to a picture of his mom. And then his mom runs in, and she's like, I had so much of these brownies. And he's like, No, mom, those are my drug brownies. And she's like, I'm crazy. (laughs) And she falls out the window, and she like lands on the car and like breaks the top of the car, and she dies, and she's bleeding out. And it's just Transformers. It's Friday. (laughs) That's what those movies felt like sometimes.
1: Yeah. Lindsay's got a great video on Megan Fox and how she's, like, the best character from a script perspective in the entire movie, but then the film perspective doesn't give a shit about her other than she's pretty. And so she has, like, an actual backstory with stakes in it, and, like, she grows as a person, and then the camera is like, no, you have to look at her midriff right now. That's the important bit in this scene.
0: yeah. I, I love, um, it, it's the same as uh, Mass Effect 2, where they put in, like, here's just new characters. It's really complicated. Also, the camera is mostly on her ass. <laughs> it's like, thank you, Mass Effect 2. Yeah, good job. You did it. That's how you film a shot. That's good.
1: Well, yeah, that, that, may, that I've been enjoying going through that. I'm, like, halfway through it. It's been
0: good. Yeah, that actually does sound really interesting. I want to watch those. Um, oddly enough... My Glad Space is Bumblebee.
1: Oh, that movie's great.
0: Yeah, but it's also what I wanted out of a Transformers movie. Because you can recognize the characters that I know. Mm-hmm. They're not these like weird masses of constantly moving little things. Like I, I really don't like the special effect direction they went with. I don't care for all of the redesigns. So the fact that Bumblebee opened, and it opened on Cybertron and I'm like what yeah <laughs> you see the transformers transforming and fighting and you can recognize them and they're colored right and they sound right I'm like yeah and then you watch the whole movie and it's like a nice um like the human characters are all human and Bumblebee's trying to help him out and then things get dangerous and he wants to stop the bad guys but it's getting kind of serious and the and the bad guys they're, they they tricked the government and then they in, they invented the internet and, and yeah, it's I like, like there's so many cute things about this where it's like, it's, it's leaning into the camp of how stupid this premise is in a 100% loyal way that fans can appreciate. Mm-hmm. But also anyone that wants to be entertained will be entertained.
1: Yeah. A- and it's like, I, it's I wish good. that
0: this movie came out instead of the other ones we got that burned everyone out and no one wanted to see more Transformers. Like, <laughs> what a bad time to reboot a franchise than like two years after your last flop because people thought it was a sequel yeah it's like oh <laughs> <laughs> but uh i i know not everyone saw bumblebee but i do recommend it it was it was a transformers movie
1: it is it, it has a really good spirit to it and it's got a good like time sense of like time and place because it, it does take place i can't remember what decade but like it roots itself very well in whatever decade that is
0: yeah it's like it's early 80s ish
1: yeah, and it's it, it um, got the aesthetic. It's got the music. It's
0: yeah. It like doesn't the
1: color scheme kind of feels it.
0: Yeah, it doesn't do that Strangers thing where it's like, oh, we gotta we gotta make sure you guys remember the '80s hashtag Stranger Things mm-hmm. by your socks. Um, it doesn't do that like wink and nod stuff. It just takes place then. Yeah, which I appreciate. Um, but I I liked it. I like the bad guy robots because they were like. Saturday morning cartoon villains where they're like clearly evil but there's like, oh, those people don't know we're evil yet. Just stick with my plan. Hello, strangers. We come from Cybertron to save you. Mm-hmm. And it's I'm just watching this with a grin on my face like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we are looking for the outlaw Bumblebee. I am pointy and he is round, but I am the good guy. Uh, I love that.
1: It's funny. Uh, I like scrolling through my my YouTube. Like, I've been watching a lot of Jenny Nicholson, so I'm getting a lot of her videos. And there's like top reasons I won't do ASMR. ASMR. I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna watch that one tonight. That's funny. That Jenny's great. And like H. Bomber guys, like how to adapt H. P. Lovecraft in the 21st century. And it's like, okay, this is two years old, and we've actually got some good Lovecraft movies since this came out. But I'm kind of curious what his thoughts are, because I like, I like Lovecraft a lot, even though I kind of don't like Lovecraft sometimes.
0: What, um, who did that one? H Bomber Guy. Oh, okay. I was gonna if I, I really, um, I, I'm really done with H3H3. I had to cut that one hard. Mm.
1: Yeah, like half of these recommendations are just Jenny Nicholson videos I haven't watched yet. I'm just like, man, I like her. She's so funny. She oh. drove like halfway across the country to get a giant stuffed animal spider.
0: I liked that video. <laughs> I did too. Um, Here's a here's another one from Midwinter Minis.
1: Ooh. I like him a lot. I need to watch one of his things on how to paint orcs again.
0: He get, he did this retro unboxing of a 1994 painting set. So you oh, see you see like they the
1: paint pots, they're like
0: yeah. They, it, it, they look like toys. Yeah, they do. And those models aren't super great. I I love that stuff.
1: They they I like uh, the models have a lot of charm to them though.
0: I, oh, they they certainly do, but I I like the quality that we're at now. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the new rules in the new edition is you get an extra fifty points if your army is painted fully. Really, be, that's kind of weird. Well, they had to they had to incentivize people to stop playing with like gray unpainted miniatures mm. because people kept doing that. Because what they'll do, there's a there's they use the excuse that they're afraid of ruining it. And it's like, oh, I'm not an artist. I can't do. I can't afford paint. Watch. But what they're really doing is, they're trying to play the meta. And when they're done with units, they'll sell them on eBay. Oh. So if they paint them a custom color scheme, nobody wants them because I don't use purple. I want the blue ones. Sure. So they just they do this gray thing. It's called Gray Tide. So they officially put in a thing where you get extra points if you painted your army right. And the implication is both players will paint their armies right, so this doesn't matter, right? And the the running gag is, I can't wait to win by exactly 50 points because I painted my army. (laughs) Like, (laughs) that would be so hilarious if that was the tiebreaker.
1: I definitely have gotten kind of judgy if I've watched... Like Warhammer stuff, and I f- or, or seen other Warhammer pig- figures that people have painted. And they didn't do a good job, and I'm just like, <laughs> I did a better
0: job than you, <laughs> and, and I'm new at this. Well, and honestly, you did do a good job. Um, you should be proud of what you got. You, you got in your shelf right there. That's pretty. At the same
1: time, I didn't paint a hundred of them to go play a game. Right, I painted five so I could put them on my shelf. So diff- different different uh, outcomes there a bit, but oh, Warhammer is fun. I'm glad you've Allegedly. been enjoying it.
0: Um, I got a, I ordered a paladin set. I think I'm gonna put those together and prime those up, and then I have a lot of paladins or a lot of gray knight stuff to to start painting. I'm gonna do a big batch. Nice. Um. So, I'll hopefully have like a cool picture to present sooner or later.
1: I'm hoping the two sets I have are like uh, an even army. So if I were to play with someone, like if we use these as strike teams, it would be not lopsided.
0: Oh, you could. Um have you looked at the kill team rules? No. So you can actually pull that up on their website. I'll show you later. Okay. Um but you could make a little uh stat sheet for for two like they're basically like half-size kill teams, I guess. Okay. Um and they would probably balance out pretty even.
1: I know the orc set came with a little like goblin character that is supposed to like have ammo on him. I didn't put him together cuz I kind of got I didn't I don't really like how he looks. <laughs> So I don't no, know if that changes things around or not.
0: Those little goblins are funny. Um I don't I feel like they don't fit in and they're like hangers on from what Warhammer used to be. Yeah. Like the designs got away from the the little goblin guys. Yeah. And there's a funny element of that with the the Tyranids too where like some of the older models don't look like they belong. Um it's, it's strange. I I hate to I got um I showed you my little guys. I got the little runners, right? Yep. So they come with one base that you put these little worms on. And I thought, okay, I have one of these little worm guys, and it, that's worth like a a point. You know, they're basically just fodder, but it helps for strategy reasons. Sure. And I'm looking up the rules, and you need a minimum of three worm guys. And it's like, oh, do do you sell packs of worm guys? No, you got to buy more runners.
1: Oh, that sucks. Fuck Oh.
0: <laughs> Cause the the other thing with the runners is um they came with twelve runners, but one unit is ten runners. And so I have like a couple unpainted ones I haven't touched, and it's like I don't feel good about these extra pieces. Yeah, it's like that's frustrating.
1: Weird. Did uh I don't know if I ever saw of completed versions where you had going with your monarch butterfly scheme.
0: Oh, I can send you those.
1: You should, cause I, I know I I remember seeing a lot of the work in progress ones, and they were looking really really good.
0: I'm sorry, uh, you cut out there. What was that? Oh,
1: as so you sent me the the work in progress pictures, and they looked really good.
0: Yeah, I'll send you. Um, I actually, you know, maybe I didn't take a better picture. I'll I'll double check that, and I'll show you what I got.
1: Okay. And I'll show. What? To an hour twenty.
0: Yeah, I'll show all you guys out the door, cause I'm fucking tired. Go to bed. <laughs> Richard- it is nine thirty. Richard, kill your kittens and be on the show.
1: Yeah, Richard. Stomp him to death with clogs.
0: Richard wants to talk about fighting games.
1: Oh. I'll talk um, about Smash Brothers.
0: He just got a uh usual well, quiet you. <laughs> um he got this he got this fighting game where you play as different gods. Have you seen that one?
1: Yeah, I played Smash Brothers.
0: No. <laughs> like no, I no gods. All all of the real gods except Muhammad. Uh,
1: um, and he
0: mm-mm. was he was a really good Jesus, but I kept beating him up with Amaterasu. Um, but then neither of us could beat Santa Claus.
1: The fuck game are you talking about? So
0: we'll talk about that and Darksiders and the the Beast Wars game on Nintendo sixty four next time Richard's on. See everybody, we love you. Bye. <laughs>